Welcome to Harvest Birth Stories. My name is Sophie Grace and I will be your host for this podcast. We want to share empowering birth stories all across the United States and beyond and encourage mothers all around the world to um, feel proud and feel empowered by any story that they may have um, experienced. So, I will get into the podcast. Thank you. Hi, welcome to today's episode. Um, I really have no general direction on which way I want to go with this episode. Um, I just wanted to touch base a little bit, kind of on like my part two of my own birth story, but also talking about um, postpartum mental health, maternal mental health, all of those things. Um, I know I say um a lot, just going to have to get used to it if you listen to this podcast. (laughs) I think it's just the way I think. When I'm saying um, I'm thinking of like the next words that are going to come out of my mouth. Um, so I, I don't exactly remember where I left off with my birth story, but I think just kind of at the, the very end after I had my son. Um, so right after I had him, I, you know, did all the, the golden hour things, the, the breastfeeding things, like really, it's funny because like now looking back, I feel like I prepared so much for the birth. Well, I wouldn't even say so much, but I, I prepared for the birth. I did like a birthing class. I wouldn't say I prepared a lot, but I, I, I focused a lot on that. I focused on the birth and like, I was like, yeah, I'll just, I'll breastfeed. It's, it's natural, you know, and I feel like I hear like this from a lot of people. Yes, it is natural. No, it is not easy. So I did like go through Carrie Locker's like basics of breastfeeding, bringing baby home course. Did I go through it as thoroughly as I should have? Probably not. Um, but I did it. So I... After I had Soren, um, you know, they put him on. The nurses helped me breastfeed him. He he did latch, like, right away. And I just thought, well, this is, like, nobody tells you what to do. <laughs> Unless you, like, do extensive research, or not necessarily research, but, like, preparation and, like, read all of the things, you really have no idea what the hell you're doing the first time around. And even if you do read all the things, when it comes to doing it, your mind just goes blank. It's just in la-la land of, I just gave birth. I just did this amazing thing. Now what's next? It doesn't think. It's not thinking about anything besides the fact that it's over and you're exhausted and you're tired. So after the first day, like I, I honestly feel like I breastfed him right after he was born. And then maybe later that evening, and maybe like once overnight, maybe like this is like when I talk about all this stuff, it is very, very, very foggy to me. 
And I, I think it's because of my postpartum anxiety. Like it's kind of my brain's way of just Xing out and getting rid of, I want, I mean, it's, tra <clears throat> it's trauma, but I say that lightly because it's not like catastrophic trauma, but it's still trauma to me and everybody's trauma um, is legit. And I, what's the word? Valid. Everybody's trauma, no matter how little or how big it is, is valid. No matter what. I don't care if you had the smallest little bit or the biggest bit. It's all very valid and it sticks with you in your brain for the rest of your life. And those things affect how you do things down the road, even subconsciously, like without even thinking about it. So that being said, right after he was born, he barely nursed besides like that one time. Like I think the first time he nursed for probably 45 minutes you know they don't really know what they're doing and they're not efficient and everything and then after that i feel like i maybe nursed him a couple times and it was maybe 10 minutes and then he would just fall asleep and in the hospital everybody was saying oh that's normal that's normal like babies just they they don't eat a whole lot right away sometimes because they're so sleepy and they have reserves in them so that like, it's totally normal. It's totally normal. And I'm just, I'm believing them. I'm like, okay, it's totally normal. We go home and like, mind you, I, I could not, I could not after like the first day, I could not get him to nurse because he was so tired. Like I couldn't wake him up. Like no amount of waking him every three or four hours would fully wake him long enough to actually get him to eat long enough to get like a full feeding in. But in my mind, they said, it's fine. It's totally fine. It's normal. It's fine. So we go home and they, well, they do the Billy Rubin check and his was higher. Um, kind of taking a step back. He, like, if you listen to my, my actual, my birth story, he was kind of, he was in a bad position coming down, which caused my pushing stage to be like really long. And so, I mean, I don't exactly know what position he was in because it didn't say on my notes and I never asked, but he was just kind of lodged in there and he came out with like a huge bruise on the top of his head. So if you know anything about Billy Rubin levels, it has something to do with the blood and like they, it has to go out through the poop. So the way that bilirubin gets excreted through the body is babies eat, it metabolizes it in their blood, and then it goes out through their poop. So if your baby's not eating, it's not getting rid of the bilirubin. So he off the bat had a high bilirubin level, but they weren't concerned because there was really no reason to be concerned. And I really wanted to go home the day after I gave birth to him, <clears throat> which is normal to want to go home to, and it's usually fine. I kind of wish I would have stayed another day, but I don't know if it would have changed anything. I don't know. So we go home. I could not get him to eat. Like, I could not. No matter how hard I tried, he would fall asleep within a couple minutes of feeding, and it would take hours to get him to even eat for a few minutes. And so, and you know, 
like I said, they, they told me it was fine. Like, it's normal. It's fine. They're just sleepy. He'll wake up eventually. So he has his, like, two-day check or whatever it was. They check his billy levels. They check his weight. Billy levels are elevated. Weight has dropped, like, a whole pound, basically. So at this point, they were telling me I needed to supplement with some sort of external milk source, whether that be formula or donor milk. And that really was kind of like the, I think the first trigger to my anxiety and not because it's not common. It is. It's so common. But when you have a new mom that doesn't know what she's doing, who really didn't have like a whole lot of clinical support from the people in the hospital. And I'll say this lightly because I feel like I had some really good lactation people. And then I had a few that just kind of dismissed me. The ones that were really good were really good. The other ones were, you know, you know. So when the doctor told me that, it was kind of like a jab to me. Like I failed. And this was like, what, three days in? So, like, I have this new baby. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to breastfeed. It hurts to breastfeed. Like, they say it shouldn't hurt. Well, okay, if it's the first time your nipples have ever been pulled on and tugged on and touched ever, it's going to hurt no matter what. It's going to be uncomfortable no matter what. So everything hurt. My milk hadn't come in. It was already like two or three days postpartum and my milk still hadn't come in. So my friend ended up so lovingly giving me some of her extra breast milk because she was a super producer, (laughs) has fed so many babies with her boobs. Um, So she ended up giving me some breast milk and what I had to do was I had to nurse him, pump, and then give him extra breast milk. And for me, mentally pumping like the third day in was so mentally triggering and I felt like a failure because I only wanted to breastfeed or nurse. Like I did not want to pump at all right away. Like it was just my goal, my mental goal. Um, not not that there's anything wrong with it. Like anybody listening who chooses to pump or has to pump, there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. But in my mind, I just thought, and when you're freshly postpartum, your brain like doesn't work as well as it does. It's not as clear. (laughs) Everything is so intense and you feel everything so extremely. So it was, it was just another blow to the system. Like first this doctor told me I wasn't producing enough and I wasn't nursing him well enough to get the bilirubin out. And now I have to pump because I'm not producing enough and blah, 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 blah. So it's just, it was just this cycle of feeling not enough right away. And after another, so I think that was Friday, I had to bring him back in that Saturday for a blood check. And also, doing a heel prick or any sort of blood work on a newborn baby is the most 
awful thing in the entire world when you have to do it over and over multiple times a day for like a week in a row. Okay, guys, like it is freaking awful, especially if you go to like a place where they're training somebody in. Like I know, I know that people need to be trained and they have to practice on infants, but I was sobbing, sobbing every time we had to do it because it's just my new baby. You know, then he was awake. <laughs> Should have tried feeding him after that. Um, anyway, so I had to bring him in again that next day, which I think was a Saturday, I want to say. And despite me trying all that I could try, you know, nursing, pumping, extra donor milk, his bilirubin levels had still rose like past the threshold of what they wanted to see. And so again, that was just a jab to my system. Like I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing enough. This is my fault kind of a thing. So I remember sitting in the lobby of the clinic and the girl looking at me, the, the nurse, she was an, I think she was an NP. So she was like a nurse, but like an NP, like a doctor. And she looks at me and she goes, so he's right on the threshold of being admitted or not. You look like you would just feel better if he could go in. And I looked at her and I just, I sobbed. I, I held her hand, she held my hand and I sobbed because she finally like listened to me. Oh, now I'm getting like choked up thinking about it. Oh, and like looking back at the pictures of him at this point, he was so tiny and he was literally orange because he was so jaundiced. Um, so we go in that Sunday I think it was. I don't know if it's Saturday or Sunday. One of the days. We go in. I give birth on, what, a Thursday? So we go in on this Sunday. And the we do all the things. They have me pump in there. They basically had me doing the same thing. Nurse him, pump, top him off. Just to make sure that he was getting like enough in him to poop it out. And so I had to do that. He had to sit under the lights which is so hard. Like you go in there and they have to sit under this glow lamp essentially. And they just leave you there. And I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do? Like, like, how do I get him to stay in there? What if his glasses fall off? How do I get him to sleep when he's in here? And essentially they're just like, well, you just have to stay with them. Like I I thought that when we would go in, like they would take care of him (laughs) and I could just feed him, give him back, feed him, give him back. You know, no, I had to be in there and feeding him, pumping and taking care of him and making sure he didn't take anything off or fall out of the thing. And he was still asleep. Anyway, that just besides the point. So that night, that Sunday night, I ended up getting my milk finally fully came in and boy, oh boy, did that literally felt like I had the flu. Also, I probably hadn't slept in like three days. So there's that. I was absolutely exhausted. I thought I was getting the flu or COVID because my whole body hurt so bad. And um, so my milk comes in. The next morning, his bilirubin levels had dropped drastically. And by that afternoon, we were finally given the okay that they had gone down enough. My milk had come in 
and we were okay to go home. And so after all of this, and I, I should say like we had not, not nursing. I mean, yeah, everybody has nursing issues right away. Like it's freaking hard. And if anybody's listening out here that like hasn't had a baby or has had a baby and has tried to nurse or hasn't tried to nurse and like your feelings on it are so valid because no matter what happens, it's not like a walk in the park, at least not right away. I feel like after that first month, it gets a lot easier for some, not most or not all, but some, but that first couple weeks when you're trying to learn, you're trying to position them and they're trying to learn and they're trying to, you know, get the best latch that they can and your letdowns are choking them and they're getting fussy and they're screaming and they're getting worked up and you're trying to get them back on and you're timing all the feeds. And you. so this is where all of this kind of anxiety I feel like really started was this point. Um, and so we come home. I just keep doing what I'm doing. I was still topping him off with um, breast milk for like another week I did, I think. Or maybe it was two weeks. It was, I think I did it until he was back up until his birth weight. Um, and, but because of all of this, I, I didn't really know like what how to feel. And I know they say that there's like baby blues, which are so prevalent, like most people get them. But I was having extreme, just like feelings of doubt and harm, not harm, but like, like not good things to myself. And I just thought this was normal. It's another normal thing. Let me just say this whole first week or two of his life was not fun for me. I am not cut out to be a newborn mom. Let me just say that right now. Maybe the next time around it'll be easier. I don't know. But this time, very traumatic. I like to call it the dark times because it was not a fun time for me. So my anxiety, let me just backstory. I've always had anxiety, but for the most part, it's been able to be handled by just like proper exercise and movement and having dogs and stuff like that. So it's never really been like a clinical issue for me. So after we come home and we're doing all the things and he finally is back up to his birth weight, I found myself getting very, very, very anxious about every little thing. And when I say anxious, I mean like so anal about when he would eat, when he would sleep, when like if he pooped, if he peed, like I needed to know exact times, exactly how long, exactly when. And if it veered off from what my quote unquote schedule was, I would freak out. To the point where I didn't want to like leave him with anybody because I didn't want them to feed him 10 minutes later than he was supposed to be fed. And I think this was like a control thing for me. Like there was a lot of things earlier that I couldn't control. And now that 
he was eating and doing well, this was how I could control him to be, you know, growing and healthy. And this went on for months, months. Like, I mean, months. This wasn't like a couple week thing. It was months. And it was like, I, I had to log everything. And if I didn't log it and I couldn't like see it in my app, it just drove me nuts. It drove me absolutely nuts. So there is one little blip of what started, but more like more prevalently, like a couple weeks into having him, I remember just laying in bed one night and just thinking, this is so hard. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. I can't, I don't want to do it. And my friend, she, she told, she texted me back and she goes, I, I just want you to give it another week. I'm, I'm always for supporting this, but just give it another week, give it another week and then make a decision. Well, thank God she told me to do that because at that moment I was going to quit all everything. <laughs> um, and so like the first, I think at Essentia, there's like a, a meeting, like a few weeks after you have the baby. So for the first few weeks, I, I thought all these things were normal, but I felt really alone, even surrounded by people. Um, like I felt like nobody understood what I was feeling inside, even though hundreds, thousands, millions, billions of mothers have gone through the same exact thing. I sat there just thinking like, nobody knows how I'm feeling right now. And anytime somebody would want to come over and see him, I got anxious. Anytime somebody would be like, oh, I, I want to come see you guys soon. I got anxious because I, I had to make sure that he was eating on his schedule. And I was so anxious for anybody to come over and throw his eating schedule off and touch him and hold him and nurse in front of them because I was afraid that he wouldn't nurse effectively if other people were around and I would get sweaty and anxious about it and just give up. And then he would get off on, like, it was just like a whole circle of things that I was thinking about ahead of time. Anytime somebody said, oh, I'd love to come see you and the baby. I didn't think, oh, thank gosh, somebody wants to come see me. Like, I'm so lonely. I thought, I'm so lonely, but I can't stand the thought of anybody coming to see me. And besides my mom and probably my cousin Shelby, because they're just people that I would don't care about anything in front of. Um, also, they just, I don't know. They're just like, they're home to me. They're warm and home to me. So that's kind of some of my thoughts or some of the the feelings I was feeling right away. That's how it started. It was just feeling so controlling and so anxious about every little thing that went on. And then it evolved to me like 3 or 4 p.m. every day. I had this like overwhelming feeling of doom that would just like encompass my whole body. And was anything wrong? No. My kid was eating. It was beautiful outside. We had a great fall last year. I could go on walks. I could be outside. I was healthy. I had nothing wrong with me 
physically postpartum. I healed well. But every day around that time, it was like, I don't know if they call it like sundowner syndrome, but I, I felt like I was dying, but I was still alive. And I don't really know how to explain it other than that. But I just remember one time going for a walk with Soren and basically bawling my eyes out the entire time and getting home and Logan was home and I said to him, I need to do something about this for him so I'm still around. And Logan just hugged me and he was like, it's fine, but I think you do too. Because I felt like I was going to die even though nothing was wrong. So that's where my postpartum ended up. And so I go into the doctor and I tell her all these things. And she said, well, let's try that. Well, first she asked, well, do you want to try therapy? And in my mind, I couldn't even fathom making another appointment and having to work around my child's feeding schedule to go to therapy. I was like, that will make it worse. I was like, no, I cannot do that. And so she was like, well, let's just try putting you on some medication. This is so normal. She sat me down. She hugged me. She told me it's so normal not to feel bad. And I started on Zoloft. So honestly, a week after I started on it, I started feeling better. My head was clearer. Yeah, I was still tired and I still hated nights, but who doesn't hate the night when you have to get up a million times? But it was just like normal, normal anxiety. It wasn't doom. I felt finally like I had a grasp on life a little bit. So I don't really know where I'm going with this podcast, but I mostly just want to talk about my experience. And I know how common it is for women to go through this. And honestly, even dads can go through this, but I think it's more common for the mom just because of hormonal imbalances and stuff. Um, because if, if this is happening to you, I want you to know that you are not alone and you are a good mom. And um, it's okay to ask for help. <laughs> It's okay to lean on the people around you. I did not ask for help until I almost thought it was too late. I mean, I never had any feelings of suicide, so don't get me wrong. I That was not really anything that I um, thought of, but I only imagine what maybe that could have came to if I wouldn't have been you know, strong enough to realize that this is not right. I need to take care of myself so I can take care of my family. So, um, I, I just, I want everybody out there to know that if, if you are having these feelings, like don't feel any shame. You are doing all that you can do. And, if you need to reach out for help, you should. We spend all of our motherhood years giving up things, giving our bodies away, giving our time away, our energy, 
and things like like this happen and you need to take care of yourself so you can take care of others whether that means going on medication or getting outside more or going and getting your hair done or going to therapy these things are all so important and self care is not selfish without taking care of yourself you can't take care of others so I don't really know how much more I can talk about this unless I start bawling my eyes out more. (laughs) Um, But I just wanted to put this podcast out there to let some other people know that they're not alone, even though they may feel like it. And if you haven't had a kid yet and you're pregnant and you listen to this and you remember when you're going through these stages that it was normal and you're not alone and you can do something about it. That is my only hope that maybe this can bring awareness to somebody else before they feel like that. So I think that's all I really want to say about that. And for today, we've got some really fun podcasts coming up um, soon. I've got a couple long NICU stay podcasts. I've got a car birth podcast that's going to come up. I have a friend that I'm hoping to record that had, um, uh, I think what you call it would be like a precipitous labor where it like happens in under a certain amount of time. Like we've got some fun stuff coming up that I can't wait to chat and get out there. Um, if you guys are still listening, I just finished my doula training workshop this past weekend. So for the next probably year, I'm going to be doing like finishing my cert. So right now I'm certified as a doula, but I'm not dona certified yet. I have to go through a bunch more training to be dona certified. So over this next year, I'm going to work on that. And I think I'm going to take lactation counselor training. So I'm really excited about that. So if I can use my knowledge to help other moms that have gone through what I've gone through, that's honestly the only hope that I can, that I can gain from that. That's just, I'm at a place right now in my life where I don't really know what I want to do. Um, so this, when these winter months, I actually have pretty slow for my like work and I'm really, really excited to just like dive in full speed and just learn more and share more and record more and raise awareness for everything. So I love you guys and I will see you in the next potty.